We know how bad it was. We know how bad it looked. The real question here on Monday morning is, what does it mean? What does it mean that the Minnesota Vikings got destroyed by the Dallas Cowboys at home at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday afternoon? John Krasinski and I were both there. We both covered the game. John for the Athletic, myself for the uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune. Let's get into it here on the Viking Update Show, part of TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. And you know the drill. You can go to TalkNorth.com, find this show, find all the shows. We recommend subscribing at your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. And you can also follow on Twitter at Talk North Pod if you want to see all the shows as they're released and see our schedule for live shows for our many shows across the network. Uh, thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. John, just give me your let's just start with the most basic thing. What's your gut reaction after being there and watching that dismantling yesterday? Yeah, I, I'm trying to kind of really figure out which way that I want to go with this because there is a part of me that says, man. Everything just went as wrong as it could be could go wrong and just completely out of the blue and 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 so overwhelmingly bad that you just say flush it. You know, it's one of those games. It's almost easier to move on from a game like that because it was so ridiculously awful. Um, but at the same time, I, I do think that if I have one takeaway from this game it's that uh the pass protection part of the vikings game that has actually been much improved for much of this season was really exposed and was really kind of laid bare there and i do want to watch how that group in particular responds because um, if it if there were any sort of weaknesses that were unveiled by the Cowboys on Sunday, the Patriots are going to capitalize on that. More teams are going to capitalize on that going forward. And that has that has the potential to be a real weakness that could linger past just more than one or two games. And so what the the Vikings do to try and bounce back from that and sort of get back to something resembling a professional effort from the offensive line up front to me is the critical thing coming out of this one. No doubt about it. And they were, they did. I don't think they had a good version uh, or a healthy version of Darisaw going into the game of Sunday. Darisaw only lasted a half. He got beat on the first pass play of the game uh, by a great player, Micah Parsons. And now they're going to be without Darisaw short week. And here's one thing I focused on in, in my writing. Uh, okay. Their first loss of the season was the team with the fourth most effective pass rush in the NFL, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Second loss of the season to the number one team in terms of pass rush effectiveness. Uh, now, short week, they have to face the number two pass rush team in the NFL. And then next Sunday, 10, whatever it is, two weeks from now, they have to face the team uh, with a very good defensive front and the 10th best pass rush. So this is a matchup and week-to-week week lead be, in part because – of emotions in part because of injuries in part because of strategy, but it's also a matchup league. And that's why you can see a team look great one week and bad the next week. They got destroyed by the Cowboys pass rush. It took them out of everything they wanted to do ball control, uh, scoring early, uh, maintaining some semblance of time of possession, field position, all these other things, everything flowed from not being able to stand up in pass blocking. And so the question is, 
Was that a one-week thing, or can that get better quickly, even without Darisaw available to you? Well, certainly with Darisaw, that makes it really difficult to get better quickly. Um, I mean, I thought that Blake Brandel against Buffalo actually held up pretty well when he was kind of rushed into duty uh, against Von Miller and, and that good defensive front, but certainly had all sorts of issues with Micah Parsons, who is as dominant a defensive player as we've seen in a long, long time. And so the way that he was just wreaking havoc uh, up front, I think is somewhat unique. But I will say that, Jim, you know, listening to you lay out those analytics and those those stats on the teams that give the Vikings the most trouble and the teams that they are seeing coming up here, the also, the other thing that you do have to factor in is that once you get to the playoffs, you're going to, there's a really good chance that the team you're facing is going to have a good defensive front. I mean, that's just the way that you make the playoffs in the NFL. And so there, I don't think that there will be a real ability to sort of run and hide and hope you get the right matchup matchup in the playoffs. And that's what this season has become because of their eight and one start, because of the way that they've been able to pile up victories and build momentum going forward it has ceased to become looking at this as a week-to-week venture and more so looking ahead to how far can they go. And so if the kryptonite that they have is, well, every time we face uh, an aggressive, fast, nasty defensive front, we're in trouble, well, you're going to be facing aggressive, fast, nasty defensive fronts in the playoffs almost assuredly. And so how do they adapt? How do they kind of steal themselves and find a way to hold up? Because when Kirk Cousins has time, he is very, very good, but he is not going to be able to buy much time, um, especially against a pass rush like that, which I'm sure Ed Ingram and Blake Brandle and even Brian O'Neill, um, Ezra Cleveland, everyone was sort of waking up in a cold sweat after that game last night in the middle of the night, just thinking that Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and everyone was bearing down on them because I've just never seen, or I don't know if never, but I, it's been a long time since I've seen a unit dominated to that degree. Like it was to the point, Jim, where it was like, I was turning my head away while you're watching Dallas just absolutely ransack the Vikings offensive line. Like it was really uncomfortable to watch. And I don't know what the clear cut answer is, but I do know they have to find one over these next six, seven weeks because it's not going to get any easier in the playoffs. You cannot expect that to happen. Thanks to our sponsor, Starbank, starbank.net. Thanks also to TSR Injury Law, which sponsors a number of programs on this network, and including the John Krasinski Show. Tune in to hear John Krasinski. I don't know. Do you tune in? No, just click or subscribe to hear John on the uh, Timberwolves and the NBA. Timberwolves are going to be fascinating. They're playing the Miami Heat tonight. We will be doing a show on Tuesday recapping where they stand right now. Check that out as well. Cousins gets sacked seven times. He's never been, had never before been sacked seven times in an NFL game. And there was one play, John, where Micah Parsons basically standing next to Cousins, reaching out to Cousins, and Cousins threw, you know, such a hard fake that Parsons yeah. turned his head and looked downfield. Otherwise, it would have been easily eight sacks and maybe two strip sacks for Parsons. Uh, he was absolutely dominant. Uh, you know, Pete Bursich said something on the broadcast that I found interesting. 
And I'm not picking on Pete. Pete does a great job, and we sometimes we look at things differently. And he's a former NFL player, and and uh, he's very rational about all this stuff. But he he said that, uh, hey, short week, uh, aberrant performance. Belichick isn't even going to look at this film. He's just going to skip past it and try to figure out what's going to happen. I disagree. I think <laughs> Belichick will be saying, okay, the Vikings offensive line was non-functional. They're missing their left tackle, and I'm not only going to figure out how to attack their weaknesses. I'm going to figure out what they're going to do to shore up those weaknesses because there's no way the Vikings just run out the same game plan. And I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, hey, it's Thanksgiving week. You know what the answer to everything is? More ham. They're going to put mm-hmm. CJ Ham in there and mm-hmm. let him be a lead blocker, let him pick up uh, blitzers and stunters and give it Cousins that extra half second you need in the NFL to get a pass off. Yeah, well, first of all, to think that Bill Belichick is not going to watch film <laughs> yeah. on a- any available film that that he can get is probably uh, a little a little bit uh, wishful thinking. But uh, yes, I think that Dallas laid out the blueprint, and I think okay, maybe there are a lot of teams out there who cannot say, well, yeah, you just put Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and all of these unbelievable pass rushers together that's the blueprint and not every team not every team has that but i do think that um the fact that dallas was able to get home so often with just four rushing and not blitzing and not coming from odd angles or 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 doing a lot of fancy stuff they just lined up and just flat out beat the vikings uh to the spot almost uh every time and so that is a big concern especially with the patriots who do have another um very ferocious pass rush and can can beat you in multiple ways that way matthew judon and and the rest of that crew is is really formidable um yeah so i i think that it it makes a ton of sense for a little bit more cj ham um to maybe go double tight end if they have the resources available to do that um some sort of uh, uh, of adjustments that way to give their offensive linemen some more help, especially since we can presume that uh, Christian Derrissaw is not going to play after having two concussions in consecutive weeks and a very short week to get ready. So they are going to have to make adjustments. Um, I just don't see how the answer will be, well, let's just do what we're asking you to do better than what we have. Uh, I, I think that's a, a fool's errand. And the other part about watching that game on Sunday was, you know, I, I did get a few mentions in my in my Twitter uh, account while it is still alive here that, um, <laughs> you know, that, uh, well, Kirk Cousins has got to get rid of the ball. He's got to go like he had no time. Like there there was no chance on so many of those plays. Maybe there was one or two. He could have cut loose a little bit earlier, but Justin Jefferson told us after the game that there was just no time for routes to develop down the field. And um, and and so I think that is going to be the focus of defenses going forward because we they they all watch Justin Jefferson just lay siege to Buffalo and they and 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 pile up these statistics. Well, maybe the way to limit Justin Jefferson isn't necessarily doubling him or 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 putting your best guy on him and having him shadow him all over the field. Maybe it's let's just get in Kirk Cousins' face so fast that Jefferson doesn't have time to get down the field to make plays. And and so the Patriots are good enough to do that. 
So we'll, we will see, but the Vikings are just going to have to find a way to give Kirk Cousins another second and to give Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen um, and TJ Hawkinson another second to get down the field, get into their routes, and then win some of those battles that they did one again against Buffalo. They just never had that chance against Dallas. Yeah, many times I feel like Viking fans have tried to defend Cousins by saying, oh, see, all the offensive line's fault. And I've been like, no, every quarterback deals with a certain amount of pressure. It Part of the job is dealing with pressure. And Kirk's got to get rid of the ball faster. He's got to be more willing to you know, maneuver in the pocket, whatever. That was not the case yesterday. Cousins had no chance to function. It was not on Cousins at all. Uh, it was just bad offensive line play and it affected everything they were doing. And, and you know what? They actually ran block uh, pretty well, but it just yeah. didn't matter because uh, you know, when your quarterback's getting destroyed on third and three, then, and can't even get off a quick pass, uh, your running game isn't going to matter very much. Uh, l- let's get into this some more. I want to talk about uh, the challenge facing, facing Kevin O'Connell his really his first big challenge as a Vikings coach. First want to thank, StarBank, big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about StarBank. StarBank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at StarBank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be. A throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services. You got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. StarBank.net, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. So O'Connell had a long time to prepare for that Packers game. They were very well prepared. I feel like they outcoached and out, outplayed the Packers by a wide margin. Now we know the Packers aren't very good. Uh, they go to Philly. Very understandable loss. Uh, opening, you know, home opener on a Monday night in Philadelphia with what we know is a good team. It might might not be a great team, but is a good team. That's an understandable loss. Then they win a series of close games. Uh, some luck involved with who they got to play, when they got to play them, who, what key players were injured. But give them credit for winning close games, which you have to do in the NFL. This is the game where you go, okay, may, you know, now we get to find something out. Can Kevin O'Connell manage a mini crisis? Can he can he match up with Belichick when Belichick knows what his weaknesses are? I think this is going to be a fascinating week for for uh, all Vikings fans. It, it really is. I think we will see some something more revealed about Kevin O'Connell and the way that he goes about his business because you are facing probably the best head coach ever. He is coming into town with an in incredibly flawed team incredibly flawed so this is not the case and you'll remember this jim when um the vikings had the patriots on a monday night game Mm -hmm. with the williams wall right and they were playing well and they were flying high and tom brady came in and they just never ran the ball at all and they just threw the ball all over the place and dominated that game uh, the Patriots were able to do that because they had the weapons to do that. They do not have the offensive weapons to do a whole lot, quite frankly, um, in this game. Mac Jones has been terrible. That offense couldn't score uh, anything against the New York Jets, who have a good defense, but still had three points until they got the lucky punt return touchdown to win on Sunday. And so um, 
this is in very many ways going to be a matchup of coaching wits uh, between O'Connell and Belichick because O'Connell has a flawed roster coming off of a, just a disaster of a game. And Belichick has a flawed roster coming off a disaster of an offensive performance. And so how, how both teams fare and really more so how the Vikings rebound from such a demoralizing sort of, uh, concern inducing performance i think is the first like real real challenge of o'connell's career here and you're like like you said with philadelphia even with that loss which was decisive i thought that we saw the vikings play better in the second half and make sure that it didn't get completely out of hand they the the vikings have been a really good team at taking a punch for most of this season. They were not a good team at taking that punch on Sunday against Dallas. They just kept on getting hammered right in the face and being unable to get up and do anything about it. So what do they do? How does Kevin O'Connell rally the troops? Does he really dive in? Does he say, guys, we're flushing that one. We're not even thinking about it. We're going forward. Does he do that? We're on to Cincinnati kind of thing. I'm not sure. I want to see how he handles this and how the Vikings come out of it. Because as, as glaring as a loss as this was the, the game against new England on Thursday night is exceedingly winnable. Um, And so if they are a team that they believe they are and that they think can be a playoff team and a deep run playoff team they can bounce back and and win on Thursday night but it is going to take some leadership it is going to take uh some rallying of the troops so to speak to to get them out of this headspace and kind of shifted back into the mode of playing confidently and and being ready to go and let's test our perceptions with some facts here. Uh, very interesting. You know, you look at the Patriots and you watch them from afar and it feels like they're just muddling along and really struggling. Uh, and it feels like the Vikings are just having everything go right until yesterday. Uh, ben and, and the Patriots are six and four. You, but the Patriots are playing in a very difficult division. I think the Dolphins are excellent when two is healthy. I think the Bills are an excellent team uh, that, has had some problems, but I still think they're, they're one of the better teams in the NFL. The Jets are very hard to play against, even though their quarterback stinks. Uh, and then the you know the Vikings are playing in a bad division and dominating that bad division. So let's go to points for, points against, and net points. Patriots, 213 points. Uh, the Vikings, with all this star power and with Justin Jefferson maybe being the one of the best players in the NFL, Jeff Diamond said he might be the second best player in the NFL. Vikings have scored 231 points, 18 more points. They have, I'm sorry, they've scored 229 points, only 16 more points than the Patriots have. Uh, They've given up 231 points. The Patriots are plus 44 in point differential. The Vikings are minus two. Right. And, and I think the Vikings are the first team that has been at least eight and two um, to have a minus point differential. So yeah, we know that Jim, we know that this has been a season of sort of walking the razor's edge for the Vikings. Um, I am going to give them a lot of credit for the way that they seem to dig deep and find what they need to find later in games, come back, make, you know, make comebacks and do those kinds of things um, to, to, to really pull out a lot of these victories that they've done that, that takes 
a certain kind of skill and talent and 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 fortitude to get it through. But it also we also have to acknowledge that had they not kind of pulled the rabbit out of the hat, had they had they just not been able to to get it going, that eight and two record could look a lot worse right now. So I think that what Kevin O'Connell has to lean on right now is that there is some sort of internal resilience that this team has that may make it unique, even if they are not great a show on turf, 1985 Bears as a defense, um, any of those things that they just have for the most part, albeit against competition that hasn't been the greatest, they have found a way to pull games out. And I do not think that this team is built to play one-dimensional, like the Cowboys forced them into playing by jumping on them the way that they did on Sunday. And so they want to be a team that um, can come at you both with Dalvin and with the passing game and, and, and ultimately need like one or two really big plays from Jefferson, from Hawkinson, from Cousins, whatever it is, to come out victorious. And their defense has been, but don't break. Uh, But last, you know, uh, on Sunday, they broke. And on Sunday, they had no chance to to make just one or two plays to make this thing a game. And, And so they have to stay in games. I don't think that the Patriots are capable of blowing anyone out. So, um, so that's why I think that they are positioned to at least, you know, be back in, in the mix, um, in this game and not have it be a completely one-sided affair like it was against Dallas. I'm wondering if the Cowboys are actually good. I you know, I blow, do too, Jim. They, they blow the lead in green Bay, uh, which is a little bizarre, but you look at the way now they're using Pollard. Pollard's one of the best backs in the NFL. He's, He's a incredible. phenomenal player. They have Zeke who can play the power game. They have Pollard who can pretty much do anything you want a back to do. Uh, they don't have great receiving depth, but CeeDee Lamb has been productive enough. They have Dak healthy. He's playing well. Micah Parsons is one of the best players in the NFL. Diggs is a dynamic player in the back end. They have a, a defense that can really get after you in the past. They, they, you can run against them, but you have to you know stay in the game to be able to run against them. They're not, not a perfect team, but I do wonder if they are – You know, the Cowboys and the 49ers are the two teams in the NFC I look at and say, okay, you know, they haven't been getting the accolades. They haven't earned the accolades the Eagles have. But those are the two teams might be as dangerous as anybody in this conference. For sure. I mean, it's interesting because for a long time, we have kind of heard about Dallas, the Cowboys, all of the talent that they have. And there quite often I have been of the mind that the star on their helmet has caused a lot of overhype um, that, you know, that these teams kind of get into regular season games and they have some success. Then they get into the playoffs and they flame out or they don't even make the playoffs at all. And I think they're, they have largely been overrated for most of the last two decades. Um, but watching that team certainly on Sunday looks like a scary team. Um, I think that that is, I can't imagine them looking any better than they did on Sunday. So I think that they hit their ceiling there, but, um, certainly with Parsons, with Diggs, with CD lamb, with Prescott, with Pollard, they like, they have plenty of physical talent 
to really make things happen. But it is a team that, much like the Vikings, quite frankly, where um, I need to see it to believe it and need to see it on the big stage. I know like there were some Cowboy fans that were sort of, you know, crowing last night about how they've won four straight against the Vikings and they haven't lost um, in Minnesota since the um, since the 09 playoffs. Well, that's the last time a game really actually mattered. Uh, the, the Cowboys simply haven't done it when it has mattered against Minnesota, against any other team. So I'm, I'm definitely impressed by the talent level that I saw on Sunday. How could you not be in a game that dominant? But I'm still reserving my right to not be surprised if they do make the playoffs and in week one, in the first round, they get smoked by somebody. I just, I, I, I don't believe necessarily Mike McCarthy all that much. I don't believe in Dak Prescott. I think he and Kirk Cousins are the exact same quarterback. Um, and it's just that Prescott has the star on his helmet and and Kirk has a Vikings horn, and that's why they're maybe viewed a little bit differently. Um, and, and so they have to do it with real stakes um, on the line, and they just have not. But, I, you know, watching them on Sunday, they look ferocious and fearsome, um, I, but I'm still not sure that I'm ready. I would, that I would bet on them if I were, um, if I were a betting man, which I'm not. I would love to see the Vikings, the Cowboys face off in the playoffs. I yes. think it would be fascinating. It'd be a great, great, just a million great storylines, great athletes all over the place. That would be an absolute blast. All right. One more topic for today and a reminder, uh, thanks for our producer, Brandon Morton. We have the Jeff Diamond NFL and Vikings Insiders, our other Vikings and NFL show on the network. We've got Russo, LaPanta, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, Cheryl Reeve. Uh, we have John on John, John Krasinski show on the Timberwolves in the NBA. We have John Millay on preps. We have outdoor content. We have Dave Lee. We have Mike Grimm on the Gophers. We have everything you could want. Check it out. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. And thank you for listening. If you know anybody who wants to advertise with the show or the networking, reach Karen Cleary, our sales executive at KCLEARY at talknorth.com. One of the things I love about the NFL is that you have time to contemplate matchups. And what I'm most fascinated, other than how the Vikings bounce back, what I'm most fascinated about this week, Bill Belichick is specializes in taking away what your favorite thing to do is. Belichick defending Justin Jefferson is going to be a masterclass. I can't wait. Yeah. I I mean, these are the matchups that you look forward to. Um, every week and these are the things that make the that make things so compelling and so to watch exactly how Belichick approaches covering Justin Jefferson and and in some ways Jim that's why I hope I'm kind of hoping that the the Vikings shore up their offensive line issues at least some because like I want to just see how Belichick covers Justin Jefferson. I mean, it's not that difficult, frankly, to cover Jefferson when Cousins has one third of a second to get the ball off and he's on his back before Justin Jefferson is even into his route at all. And and so, I mean, the Cowboys were amazing in that. I'm not shortchanging it, but I just want to see one-on-one, mano-a-mano, like what does Belichick do to match up and to limit 
Jefferson's effectiveness because my guess is that he is obviously very concerned about Jefferson, not so concerned about Thielen, not really concerned at all about Osborne, and a little bit about Hawkinson as sort of the X factor in this thing. But um, it just to I I'm I want to see you how that how the Patriots line up and cover Jefferson. Do they double him? Do they shadow him? Do they do they just play it straight up? And I'm sure that defensive coordinators for the rest of this season and into the playoffs will be watching how Belichick does it and. Um, that's going to be the key to this whole thing is can the, the, the Vikings really win a strength against strength battle with Jefferson versus Belichick. And I, and I, I mean, I would, I, I would feel pretty good about it, but I, I do want to see how that all plays out. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be a fascinating Thursday night. Uh, we'll be back next week to review the Patriots game, set up the Jets game, which also could be very interesting. Uh, thank you for listening to TalkDork.com. Thanks for listening to the Viking Update show. And uh, check out Jeff Diamond's show as well for more Vikings insights from the former Vikings general manager. Check out the John Krasinski show for updates on, and insights into the Timberwolves. And, hey, thanks. We'll talk to you soon.